Welcome to another episode of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Sam McDonald. Hey, Sam, would you um, like to introduce yourself to our watchers and listeners? Sure. Thanks very much, Kevin. Uh, yeah, so I'm Sam. Um, I'm originally from uh, Northern Ireland, uh, but I've lived in Berlin for about ooh, uh, the last eight years or so. I describe myself as a tech enthusiast uh, into all things sort of technology, do a lot of amateur coding. Uh, professionally, I'm a technical writer, and uh, I'm very happy to have a chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to your tools. I know that some of them will be intangibles, um, digitally related, uh, but they're also very useful. So tell us about your your first uh, favorite tool. Well, uh, the first tool I wanted to talk about today um, is actually an operating system. Uh, it's called uh, Pop! OS. Uh, so it's actually a version um, of Linux, and it's quite an interesting uh, variant. I'll just quickly share my screen here so you can have a, a little look at it. Um, so it has sort of the usual features you would expect, you know, a browser, different uh, applications that you can access there. Um, it's made by a company called System76. Okay. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to describe what we're seeing here for yeah. the benefit of those who are listening. So it's, um, there, there appears to be, um, a dock on the side, kind of like the Mac, and um, it's very colorful. Uh, and you, um, it's a very, to my eye, very Mac-like interface. That that's it exactly. Um, with sort of all the tools I've picked this evening, I've tried to sort of think about categories. So from my perspective, I quite enjoy um, the Mac interface. So when I was selecting a Linux variant. I wanted to go for one that would have that kind of Mac um, approach. Of course, there are also alternatives that have more of a Windows approach, if that's your thing. Sure. So, so um, what is the? This is called Pop with an exclamation point OS. What yeah. is the advantage of having an alternative OS um, when Apple works so hard to make the Mac work? You know. Effortlessly. Well, um, I think it really depends on your use case. So the reason why um, I'm a fan of it, um, it's twofold. Uh, so for, um, you know, I do a lot of little coding projects and I find that uh, the Linux uh, system is very well set up for that. It's very easy to, um, you know, download files. You can do it directly from your terminal. Of course, that's also possible with the Mac, but it is a slightly different approach. The other thing that's really nice about Pop! OS is that I think they have some kind of working relationship with a company called NVIDIA. So if um, any of your listeners or viewers um, are PC fans, um, it's really good because you can actually, um, they have the drivers natively built into the OS. So rather than having to you know do a lot of hassle to um, make your uh, NVIDIA GPU work with uh, a Linux variant, this just works right out of the box, basically. And NVIDIA is the hardware manufacturer. Exactly. They make the chips. So the idea here is if you had a souped up, the only reason why you make an NVIDIA is to soup up your, 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 your PC. If you have a souped up version and you kind of wanted to run Linux, this would be a better version to run. Is that exactly. what you're suggesting? I mean, of course you can do, you mean, I'm sure there's ways that you can do it with all. Initially I used Ubuntu, which is another version. Right. Then I built my own PC and I basically wouldn't turn on. 
<laughs> so I had to find an alternative. <laughs> and, um, you know, this, and the idea here is that, um, while the Mac is really nice, they also charge a very steep price for their high end computers. But if you are willing to kind of go yourself by buying an NVIDIA card and whatever, you could have the same kind of power for less. Is that the idea? Um, yes, um, that, that's a good point, Kevin. Um, I mean, certainly the hardware, if you do it yourself, is uh, cheaper. And actually, one thing I should point out with System76, primarily they're actually a hardware manufacturer. Um, they make their own cases, their own laptops. They created the OS as a supplement to that. And what's really good about them is um, for their like kind of uh, desktop systems, it's open source. So you can actually go to their GitHub, download the specifications, and actually make your own version of the uh, computers they sell. Okay. So it really is for for people who are kind of hot rodding um, this. They, they want, you want to kind of like, to maximize or optimize the the most power, the most flexibility, the most versatility, where you can kind of get into the guts and do things. Um, so okay, so so that's uh, System seventy six. Is that what it's called? Uh, so it's Pop OS from System seventy six. Okay, yeah. Pop OS. And do they? It's open source. Do they yeah. charge for it? Um, so if you buy, uh, so Pop OS itself, it's a Linux variant and it's completely free. You can, if you have like a, you know, one of these little USB sticks, you can uh, flash this with it, put it into your Windows computer or your Mac, whatever. And you can even run the OS uh, from, it might be a bit slow, but if you want to try it out, of course, the hardware they make, they do uh, charge for that though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Um, so... Sam, tell us about a second choice, a second tool. So the second tool I'm going to recommend, um, I'm sure it will be familiar to a lot of uh, the listeners, viewers, is uh, VS Code. Um, so that is a, a code editor uh, from Microsoft. Um, it's a derivative of um, another product they make called Visual Studio. Uh, however, this is a, you know, a, a smaller free version. Um, What's so uh, maybe not, so I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. What is um, what what is a uh, what does it do? Maybe that's the best place to start. Yeah, sure. Uh, again, maybe I'll just uh, well, I'll share my screen in a moment, but I'll maybe just give you a little bit of background on it. So I'm recommending it primarily for two reasons. So it's a IDE essentially, so an integrated development environment, um, and what that means is that if uh, you have a little coding project, say you're doing something in Python or JavaScript, um, you can very easily um, edit code in it um, and run it directly. Whoa, 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 okay. So I'm not, I'm not a programmer. So is it primarily uh, um, uh, for programmers? I would say yes. In the first instance, um, it's made and it's a free product from Microsoft. What's really great about it is that uh, it has a lot of um, extensions. So it's kind of a community where uh, people can make extensions onto it to make you know their workflow easy, that sort of thing. The workflow of programming, you mean? Exactly. Right. So, um, so it's a programming tool or maybe a programming environment where you are writing your Python or JavaScript Exactly. The environment in which you are 
writing it and it gives you more tools to make that writing easier. Exactly. Um, so I know you've had people on before who've talked about like Vim or Emacs. Um, to me, that's a very uh, austere uh, way of coding. What's nice about VS Code is that it has highlighting. So, you know, if you're writing um, like say a function or you have a variable or you're writing something within that, it highlights the code in such a way that it makes it easier for you as a user to read uh, quickly. Right. And yeah. I don't I don't program, but I, I've written um, uh, scripts for, you know, like a screenwriting script. And there's a software called First Draft, which is set up for screenwriters because it knows when you hit the return after what you've done is more likely that you're going to need another scene and it has an indent and it does the keeps track of the different characters and it suggests after you use this one, you're having a dialogue. So it's going to, so it does all this kind of assisting you in the writing of a script. And that, and I imagine that this is something similar where you're programming. And so there's certain things you need and it's going to kind of provide them for you when you need them. You're, you're literally reading my mind, Kevin. Uh, that was the second point that I wanted to make is that actually it's quite good for writing as well. Uh, again, maybe I'll just quickly share my screen here so uh, we can have a, a quick look at it. Um, so uh, I think it's in my other window. So I actually wrote some notes today in preparation uh, okay. for, uh, so, for our talk. So what we're seeing, it looks like kind of, you know, your typical, um, it's like an outline, I guess, in some ways. It's, it's, um, it's very basic here, what I have up, yeah. Right. Right, but it's for those who can't see. It's a text with um, headline, different outline levels in different colors, um, kind of bullet points. And so, what is it that you wanted to show here? Um, well, I just wanted to show you that it's um, it, this here is written in Markdown, uh, which is a a kind of simplified HTML, which lets you uh, approach writing in quite a structured way. Um, a lot of blogs um, use this as their format. Uh, so for instance, you can click here and you know it makes it a little bit prettier. Again, what I have here is quite a simplified version, but I just thought it was um, quite nice to show. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that's quite nice about it is, so this is Microsoft's own page here. So you can see this is where it looks a bit more like it has that system. So you can see there's different colors related to the different elements, but you also have um, kind of a community of people who've made like um, their own plugins and they actually sell these in some cases so that you can further customize the interface and really make it your own. You know, this guy here makes this uh, product called Make VS Code Awesome and he sort of explains um, how you can do all these things to um, improve it. So I'll just stop sharing there for the moment, but hopefully that gives you a, a clearer idea of what it's all about. Right, so what I saw is, is, is this code that was a lot of color coded different sections and different colors and having different meanings and that's exactly that's the vs that's the vs what we were looking at is the vs which i sound like is an abbreviation of the visual visual studio uh, yeah studio. um and so as you say it's a microsoft product and so you um this would run presumably on windows it runs in Windows, uh, Mac, um, Linux, Raspberry Pi, everything. Okay. Uh, VS Code specifically, just to be clear, there's a product called 
Visual Studio, which is a commercial product that Microsoft makes, but this is a, a, a different version of it called Visual Studio Code, which is more for hobbyists and enthusiasts, and, although professionals do use it. And is it free? It's completely free. Visual Studio Code is free. Uh, the Visual Studio product, uh, you would have to pay for. It's quite expensive, but, the uh, but there is also, yeah. The VS is free. The, so, so it's an environment for, for, for writing code. Um, exactly. Okay, that's pretty cool. And and would you, let's say someone was just starting to write, would yeah. you suggest it as a good place to start or is it more for advanced people? I would say it's a great place to start. Um, like I said before, a lot of uh, more experienced programmers might use something like Vim or Emacs, uh, which to me is just a little bit too austere. I think the color coding at particular, you know, if you're doing something like um, working in HTML or CSS, uh, it's really, really handy. It, it just makes it so much easier to understand what the program is doing. And I think it makes it kind of a little bit, uh, what is it Steve Jobs had, the, you know, delightful, you know, something right, that's right. Uh, got some whimsy to it, you know? Okay. So like if you were a maker type and you were trying to do some programming for a Raspberry Pi you know, and you were just doing elementary, you know, whatever Java stuff, this would be the thing that you want to kind of write in. This is free, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, there are other alternatives. Um, there's uh, things like um, uh, Sublime Text, which would do sort of a similar one. But personally, I find uh, just the community aspect um, and the simplicity of it and the fact that Microsoft backs it so that, you know, you kind of know it's going to be around. It's not going to disappear. Okay. Um, it makes it quite good. All right. Well, fantastic. VS. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks. So, Sam, how about another um, tool that you would... Okay. Out. So we're going to transition to something a little bit more physical, but something still in the ballpark here. So this is a little device. I'm just going to put it up to the camera here. Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it really? It's called the. It's actually called the Ardu Boy. And I'm going to just put it on here. And, okay. Uh, and it cycles through. Sorry, my camera is reversed here, so it's a little bit. Um, yeah. Little bit difficult for me, but you can sort of cycle through. Uh, now, the reason why I'm recommending this is that it's it's quite a, an interesting little device. Um, okay, so, so wait, but this, get... I'm going to pause for a second so I can describe it to people yep. who can't see it. So you're holding up something that's about the size of a card, a playing card. Yeah, credit card, basically. Pretty yeah. thin, but there's a lot of buttons. There's a little tiny screen, color screen. There's a little button that looks like a kind of a Game Boy controller. There's a whole bunch of other little doodads on the outside, two red buttons, kind of a clear plastic case uh -huh. and, and a screen, a mini screen, kind of the size of a, I don't know, uh, what you would it's say? It's quite tiny. Inch, an inch or so. Okay, so what does it do? Well, uh, it does two things. Um, so um, obviously it plays games. So, you know, you can use it to play the little games that are included with it. Um, but for me, it's kind of actually a learning device. So, um, the clue is in the name, right? So, Ardu Boy. So it's a Ardu, variant of an Ardu. Say again, it's Ardu what? Um, or maybe you can't see it there. Ardu. So A for Apple, R for Roger, uh, D for Deborah, U for uh, Unity. Boy. <laughs> Ardu Boy. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a Game Boy, but it's an Ardu Boy. Ardu Boy. Uh, so the name it actually comes from. Uh, it's very similar to this product here which is an Arduino. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of your uh, uh -huh. listeners are uh, familiar or viewers as well are familiar with that. So essentially it's an Arduino 
which is a common um, single board computer with a built-in screen and controls. Um, so the reason that I'm recommending it is as a learning device. So it offers you a way of um, learning how to code. Uh, in particular, it uses C++. Now that might be a turnoff for some people, uh, but it can also be an advantage. And the reason so why I think it... So, so what's the turnoff and what's the advantage? So C++ has quite a difficult syntax. It's not necessarily a language that um, beginners might enjoy learning, but if you're a little bit more advanced, and in particular, if you have some experience working with Arduinos um, for different projects, um, it, it's a good language because it's very um, performant. So do all are all Arduinos programmed in C++? Um, I'm not sure if that's true for all of them. Um, the I believe the default IDE that they have okay. um, does use C++. Uh, certainly the Arduino that I have, that's what I'm working with them okay. on. Um, yeah. All right. So you so so you need to learn C++ to program Arduinos, which are like Raspberry Pis or little tiny miniature computers. Yeah. The whole thing into a little tiny space, and you can do almost whatever you can do with a computer. But there's no screen, of course, or keyboard or anything. Um, so you're suggesting this Arduino boy or Ardu boy okay. as a means one to 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 learn some programming, but can you also use it as an Arduino board for project? Uh, you know what? I haven't actually thought about that, but um, I don't really see why not. I mean, it, it's it's essentially is an Arduino. So if you had if you needed like a simple screen for a project, um, I don't in principle see why that wouldn't be possible. I've, I've not tried that myself, but it's a very good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but it's mostly kind of designed to be a teaching instrument where you are going to um, learn how to program. Does it does it have like a course built in or kind of like a step through where you're where you're where it's taking you how to program itself or is that um, um, coming from the outside? Again, if I maybe just quickly share my screen sure. here again, just for a moment. Um, so they have a really good um, online community. Um, so they have a really good site where you, you know you can pick it up. Uh, they showcase different games, and uh, they also have uh, yeah guides here, documentation that sort of basically walks you through um, the process. So I, I looking at so web page with different um, uh, little sections. And one of them is, um, it says things like quick start, making your own game, how to print text, sharing data, using GitHub, which is important, adding sketches, uploading games. So it seems like there is an emphasis on games, that maybe this is a good way to make some simple games, I guess. Is that correct? Yes, it, it, that, that's, it. that's exactly the case here. So. Um... And you can see here, um, just I'm, I'm showing Kevin here on the screen here, there's different uh, different games that they have available on the site, which you can put onto yours. You can also upload yours here as well. It um, says it has 200 games pre-installed. Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever you um, switch it on, basically everything, it, it's ready to go. Right, right. So these are very small kind of pixel, pixelated games, um, old style 
Um, yeah. Um, so if I could just maybe recommend a couple of alternatives as well, if people are a bit turned off by C++, because I do think that the form factor is very good. Um, there's another alternative here called the play date. Maybe you've heard of that. No. Um, so it's a similar form factor. It's slightly larger, but it's a bit more of a consumer product. So you actually could use it as a, um, you know, a, a, a game console, but it has a slightly different approach. So I wanted to describe, have... describe that. That's sort of what I saw was a yellow square. <laughs> Again, it has sort of kind of a Game Boy like buttons on the front. Uh, I can't tell the size of it. It looks like the size of a floppy disk, but I don't know if it's really true. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's 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 really fun. Um, it's um, made by a company. I think they're based in Sweden. Uh, who well, like the um, software is designed by an American company, but the hardware is made, I believe, by a company in Sweden. It has this very playful exterior. It has a, a crank on the side as well, so you can actually use that for um, playing some games as well. Um, you're, you're cranking for electricity and power, or are you cranking for? It's uh... it's um it's 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 part of the game. So oh, um, in in addition, yeah, there's like a little game oh, here where there's okay. a person cranking and it's making the character run across oh, the screen it's like, and it's um, like a mouse almost. Okay. Uh, but just the reason that I would recommend it again is that it has a slightly different um approach. So in addition to um. You know, you can, you can code to it directly, but it has a, an environment where um, there's kind of like a, a preset sort of structure as well. So if you just want to pick different elements and create a game, you can do it that way. So it's a bit more approachable for some people. Okay. okay we can return um, back yep. to the camera. Yep. And um, so that's called play date, and that's an alternative. It's the same kind yep. of thing. There's an alternative game board like thing that is open source in some ways um mm. and you have the facility to kind of make your own little um toy games exactly yeah okay great so um what's your fourth tool okay so it's a little bit of a bigger one here so uh let me just yeah so this is an induction cooking growth wow um, yeah, so a little bit of so background. You something that's about the. Yeah, uh, it's pretty. It's not super huge, but it's it's pretty. It's pretty I don't big. Know, Forty yeah. centimeters or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's got like maybe. Uh, I think the biggest uh, sort of circle it can take is maybe something like 26, 28, something like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's kind of flat. It's it's only you know it's, it's thumb thick, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it would take one pot, basically. It's a single pot. Yeah, it's that uh, you can get versions that um, are dual, but this particular one is 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 a single one. Yeah. And this is sort of a separate piece. It's not your stove. This is just like a little mobile portable thing, sort of like you know maybe the size of those butane things. But this is not going to burn carbon. Yeah. This is going to be electric. So exactly. you're plugging it in. And what are the advantages to you of that versus like a hot plate? There's a couple of things. Um, so if you were to, it, it, primarily it's using induction, right? So just for people who maybe aren't familiar with induction, um, with a traditional electric hot plate, the plate itself is getting very hot and it heats the uh, pot or the pan uh, uh, just, just by um, the, the plate itself getting very hot and transferring. 
Uh, with this, it's got magnets inside it. So when it um, touches a compatible uh, cooking surface, the surface itself is actually getting um, hot. So this has a couple of advantages. Uh, first of all, it's a lot more efficient. That was one of the reasons why I bought it, uh, because the cooker that came with my house was, I think, from the 1980s. And I just thought if I'm going to, yeah, if I'm going to use this, uh, I'm going to use a lot of fuel. So I want something that's a bit more efficient, but also it's a lot safer. So um, it does, because the stovetop itself does not get hot, just the pot gets hot. Yes. Yeah, so uh, just, I mean, if you are using, do be a little bit careful because, you know, because the pot gets hot, the surface might get a little bit warm, but say compared to a traditional electric stove where the pot right. will or the, it'll stay hot for like maybe 20 minutes or something, it's not, it's not like that. And what about the speed? Is it the, the two speeds, the speed of actually coming up to the right temperature and the speed of changing the temperature? Um, so um, what I think most people would use it for um, would be for very quickly heating a surface. So if you wanted to boil a kettle or yeah, boil a pot for making pasta, something like that there, um, it's extremely quick, uh, much more so than even, I would say, compared to gas. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's at least from my perspective anyway. Um, yeah. And so um, my understanding of how this works is that it's an electromagnet that's going to basically heat the pan. It's not like a microwave where you're actually heating, say, the water or the contents, because that's how the microwave is working. It's it's yeah. not it's not heating the outside and then radiating it. It's heating the, the material. This is still just heating the pot, which is then going to heat the the water or the stew or whatever, right? Exactly. Um, that, that's its major advantage. I, I suppose maybe one thing worth bearing in mind is that you do need to have cookware that's compatible with induction. I think most modern cookware is, but just something to check, you know, if you are buying a pot or pan and you have one of these, make sure that it is compatible. Right. I think what's not compatible are uh, non-ferrous, like um, aluminum primarily. Um, sometimes the clad ones can, I guess, work. So um, I was just thinking, I guess the ideal one would be a, a induction microwave combination. <laughs> I don't think that would work, but, but you know, something that was quickly heating the pot and the stuff inside, but nothing else. Um, so um, induction, how much does one of those cost? Well, I mean, this is a slightly more, this is from a nice brand called uh, WMF. So it's, it's a German brand. MF? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they make a couple of real sorts of things in Germany. Uh, I think it set me back somewhere between 80 to 100 euros. So that's uh -huh. about the similar dollar. But I mean, you can get sort of, you know, cheaper ones on Amazon for, you know, maybe 50 bucks, something like that. Okay. And um, are do you think the brands make any difference? Uh, I have to be honest. I think so. Um, I the, the very first one I bought um, was kind of one of these no name, you know, Amazon uh, cheap right. things, yeah. and it it ran for about a year, but kind of fell apart. This one here, I've had it maybe two, three. Yeah, I think I've had it three years now, basically since I moved in here, and uh, no problem. Um, another thing that's really good about it is uh, I don't know maybe if you can see maybe so well on the camera, but it has some. Um, now, I don't really use the settings on it, but it does have like a timer function. So, you know, it, it, I use a pressure cooker uh, quite often. Sure, sure. And it's really handy just to put in a time 
for the the dish to cook and then it turns off itself so it's quite nice right right so there were uh, at the bottom of the front plate there were some little icons including a little timer which suggests that you could um uh set up a time so um well this has really been great i, I love the idea of induction cooking because in california where we and you might have heard they're moving away from gas stoves entirely yeah and so your choices are going to be electric and electric, but you can have electric regular and then the induction. And so um, I think we're going to see more people choose that and there may be some more innovation in um, induction tops. Um, I know that what the one another advantage of that is you can have a completely flat top stove surface. Yeah. In, in, so you can have four burners and it's just flat. There's nothing to gunk up, no food to fall in. It's much easier to keep clean. And that's uh, that will be a, a, a benefit. Yeah, I, I think the safety aspect as well. I mean, uh, certainly here in Berlin, there's like a lot of older houses that do have like gas stoves. And it's so easy, you know, whenever you've sort of cooked up your dish or whatever, and you just forget to turn off the stove or, you know, you just leave it on. And uh, with this, you know, it basically will not work unless there is a plate on it. Right. Okay. so. Um, Sam, do you have um, a passion project you want to share or something else that you would like uh, to know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I do um, some amateur coding and I've, um, I've created like a little blog. Um, I'll just again quickly uh, share the screen. So it's just called, um, it's just called quick learning. So uh, basically um, I read a book a couple of years ago called Fast AI. Um, so it's actually an online program where you kind of learn about machine learning, this kind of thing. And it sort of inspired me to create a blog just going through the different chapters. And I sort of expanded it uh, to include some uh, different projects. So it's just, um, so it's uh, the, the website is sort, that's S-O-R-T, Sam McDonald, that's my name, uh, .github.io. And uh, you can sort of read about, you know, little my experience trying to learn uh, this quite complicated topic. And are you trying? You're trying to teach other people with with your blog, or is it more just a j journal of your own learning? I would say it's a combination, Kevin. So um, I, I've I, I've just over the years I picked up this idea that the best way to learn a topic is to teach. It's true. So exactly. So my idea was that I want to create something that other people would read and that they can learn, and so doing it and trying to explain it in a way that people could understand it then helps me develop mastery of the topic as well. So that was my idea with it. Cool. And I, I know you had, you had the URL, but does the, um, what's the name of your blog? Um, so I call it quick learning, quick learning, So okay. quick learning, yeah. quick learning. I don't know if you makes any difference whatsoever, but Wikipedia is based on the Hawaiian word word for quick. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's quickie quickie. It was kind of like a wiki. Was was uh quick learning. So um Oh my god, wow. That's, that's great. Start. So um quick learning, yes. I, I love it. That's really great. We'll have in the show notes um a place to find it. Thank you, Sam, yep. for sharing with us your tools and in these introductory to programming stuff, which I didn't know anything about. It's really great to know. Um, VS sounds particularly um, appealing yep. for someone learning. Um, and again, thank you for taking time and volunteering. I appreciate it. Um, 
and we wish you the best for today. Yep. Thanks very much. Joe. Pleasure to be on. Thank you. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be 20 years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking all, talking on a video and um, you need to have some tools that you can show um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S., although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something you use to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.